Welcome to Game Woven, a collaborative storytelling collective building a world one game at a time. If you like what we do here, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamewoven. This week, we will be playing The Skeletons, written by Jason Morningstar. back before we met our adventurers a dungeon isn't just a place that you seed with monsters and treasures a dungeon is a living thing just like any character so for this week instead of finding out the fate of our heroes let's find out what happened on the other side of their blades hundreds of years ago this is the skeletons by Jason Morningstar. Years fly by like dead leaves. Everything is darkness, everything is silent. You stand vigilant before the sarcophagus without thought or breath, such as your compulsion. You do not remember your name and still you watch. The flesh has fallen off your bones and still you watch. And then, one day there is light and motion, and you weigh your bearded axe and raise your shield, lusting for the fray, eager to measure your skill against these tomb-robbing children so full of blood. You'll never live again, but in that moment, in the chaos between violation and destruction, you truly live, and you remember what you once were. You taste the sun. <sighs> so, this is Jason. This is the skeletons, again. A game by Jason Morningstar. It is a game about the past trying to protect itself from the future. And skeletons. We all got one. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> skeletons. We all have one. They're just like us. Who needs them? Yes. It also, Skeletons, is a meditative, structured, freeform game. It flips the script from the classic dungeon crawl. Dun oof! It flips the script from the classic dungeon crawling. Here you play not the intruders but the guardians, cursed to spend all of eternity defending the tomb. The way we'll begin is each of us has chosen a skeleton from a list of skeletons. Would everyone like to go through what skeleton they are? Bree. Don the tattered cloak. Scraps of once red cloth shroud your bones. You carry a battle-scarred sword. And then you can also draw a little illustration on the character sheet. Lex, which skeleton are you? Oh, me, I'm the Crawler. Bent in life, bent in death. You cannot stand upright. You scuttle and crouch like a beast. You carry a much-nicked knife and wear the remains of an elegant fur-trimmed jacket. Sketching the details on the illustration. <laughs> Zad, your skeleton? Yes, I will be playing the Silver Torque. A beautiful silver torque decorates your collarbones. Uh, I looked it up. A torque is kind of an open face necklace. Uh, it's made from stronger metal. So you have to, like, bend it into place and they don't come off. 
and you carry a blunted silver sword. Pretty cool. I was going to ask what a torque was. Yeah, I have not decided what the motif is. Rob, you're just in time. Introduce your skeleton. Incredible. Show it to us. Uh, for listening home, I just tore my skin and flesh off, revealing my exposed skeleton. Just He did. You know, it was really impressive. It's pretty fucked up, actually. Well, you know, that's the links I'll go to. Um, <laughs> so, other than that, I am the outsider. Your bones are unlike the others. You carry a weapon that suits your frame and fearsome armor. Now, I believe that's intended as, like, a different skeletal structure. But I'm going to say, while maybe... The proportions of myself are a little bit larger than average. My skeleton appears more stone-like than bone-like. Almost as if the bones are halfway between bones and stone. Unlike all of you, I also have a skeleton. Ow! Like all of you, I have a skeleton. (laughs) I just showed you mine! Yes, and it rocks! (laughs) I showed you my skeleton, please respond. (laughs) I will be playing the arrow shield. A round shield peppered with arrows protects your bones. You carry a bearded axe. Sketch in the details on the illustration. I have also decided that I don't just have a bearded axe. I also have a bearded face. There's still some beard there coming off of the face. So you're saying you were wearing a fake beard in your death and it's still there even after all your hair's falling I think out? The, I think perhaps the beard was so important to me in life that it fused into my bones. That's how beards work. Now that we've all chosen our skeletons, we work together to sketch the outlines of the tomb. It can be any general shape or size, but it does need to be built around a central sarcophagus, have north, south, east, and west walls. Fine to make it visually interesting, but we shouldn't be adding elaborate details. And we'll want to make sure that we've got plenty of room for added information. So we've got a little tomb set up in Owlbear Rodeo. I think we're all just going to, what, top of the map is north, do the normal stuff. Put a little box for the sarcophagus. I like it. Perfect. Love it. And then we will each draw on the map where your skeletons each stand silent watch in the darkness while the tomb remains undisturbed. So, if everybody wants to go ahead and get a skeleton, get that onto the map here, then let's do just quick, once around the table, say roughly where you are positioned relative to the sarcophagus. I feel like I might be in front of it, leaned against it. And then, Lex, where have you placed the crawler? the absolute farthest back corner because I think it is way simultaneously funny and creepy if when the fight starts, a dude in all fours just comes scuttling at you out of the corner. (laughs) Comes round on the wall or on the ceiling. (laughs) Just... Lex is your sleep paralysis demon confirmed. Yeah. (laughs) True. I was going to take the crawler before Lex (laughs) spoke for it. Oh, okay. Okay. They were all crawlers, though. Oops, all crawlers. Rob, where have you placed the outsider, our rock and bone? I imagine them pretty centrally located to the south of the sarcophagus, basically just staring directly at the only entrance to the tomb. 
And then, Ben, where have you placed the arrow shield? Standing stalwartly next to the outsider, arrow shield in hand, and bearded axe and beard. <laughs> I have placed my skeleton, the silver torque, is standing just next to the, the sarcophagus. Next thing, then, as we are drawing this map, everybody's skeleton has a detail for the tomb, and those come in form of a question. So, so Brianna, what is your question? Who is interred in the seven niches along the southern wall? There's seven niches along the southern wall? Oh, this game's amazing. And there are people interred in them. Oh my god, who's interred in them? Hey, what's a niche? It's like a little notch in the wall. In this case, it would be like a small, like, pocket area in the wall. There are lots of different terms for niche. You get to find this podcast's niche. <laughs> True. <laughs> so I just realized with the way this map is, the southern wall is where the door is. So when they come in, they come in alongside these seven people who are interred. Love it. Which also raises a question. Is if those seven people wake up, they're just going to immediately get jumped. Maybe it's the children of whoever's in the sarcophagus. Oh. It's a family tomb. Father was buried in the center, and then they were buried. Important question. The door is in the middle of the southern wall. Is it three on one side, four on the other? Is it four and four, and the last one on one side is empty? Is somebody buried above the door? I like the four and four, but one's empty and you don't know why. Mm. Me too. Yeah. So, Lex, what is your question? What does the intricate mosaic that covers the floor depict? There's an intricate mosaic? Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Could be the life story of whoever's in the sarcophagus. Love that. It's a big mosaic, right? So there's probably, like, when you walk in, there's probably one, like, really prominent scene that people would notice first before they start getting into the details. What would they see first? The, like, pivotal moment of this person's life, right? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So would the prominent thing be right in front of the sarcophagus or behind it? I mean, my instinct would be right in front. Like, right in front of it. So mm. it's the first... Like, you walk in, you see the mosaic and the sarcophagus, right? So it would be the thing that you guys are standing on? Yes. Hmm. You guys being the arrow shield and the... Outsider. And the outsider. Thank you. The person in the sarcophagus, they had a prominent military victory, but then they still died after the battle. So it might be, like, them speared on the long spear and them, like, being held up by the spear that killed them. That's tight. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> now, hear me out pitch shoot it down if it's bad so the state the where two people are standing the arrow shield and the other outside, one outsider. outsider question is if you're standing where you're in the mosaic is a depiction of you alive at the same battle that i think we can come about in play because that sounds That's like a memory to find out big cool. time yeah oh just a question what I'm picturing is uh, on the spear holding a banner, and the banner is flying back, but, like, as it goes towards that back corner, in my mind, it is kind of sweeping 
up into the west. So like as it starts going back to where the crawler is standing in the back corner, the banner itself becomes kind of a combination of flame and soldiers as the mosaic mm. kind of like dies off into that side. Looks sick. Hell, oh, I yes. love that. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Cool. Cool. Love this. All uh, right. Wow. Spent a lot of time on the floor of this place. Yeah. So did the artists. Which is unfortunate because my question is, where are the signs of pending collapse, damage, and decay in this ancient place? Uh, don't fuck up this floor. <laughs> uh, my immediate instinct, even before Lex answered that question, was so the sarcophagus is maybe like an inch or two lower than it was when it first got here. Um, and that process might not stop. There are like mm. cracks along the floor around the sarcophagus, and it's slightly lower than it should be. What's one piece of metaphorically resonant damage to the... The face. <laughs> the face. The crack has formed, cutting the figure off from the banner. Oh. Ooh. So there's a, there's a crack in the ground separating this figure and the banner. That is very metaphorically resonant. Yeah, my first thought was just like the face is damaged, so we, we don't know. Maybe it's... there's literally a ceiling tile that landed on the freaking face. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> 100%. We don't upkeep the tomb, we just protect it. Yeah. With what ghouls? <laughs> We're just skeletons. Like, I've never played skeletons before, so I actually don't know if we'll get to that in play. That's the only reason why I'm throwing out ideas, because I don't no, know what will or won't come up. Alrighty. Ben, what is your question? What amazing treasure lies well hidden in the tomb? And where? And how? Oh, oh. So there's a very good reason why the sarcophagus is sinking into the ground. And that is because underneath the sarcophagus is basically like a really heavy leaden panic room sized chamber underneath that is filled with the earthly treasures of the one interred. He wanted to be buried with his stuff. And most prominent among those treasures are the spear that killed him and the flail that he used to brain the guy that stabbed him with the spear that killed him. And so underneath in this room with all of his stuff is like this really well-displayed spear and then a flail like wrapped around it. Ooh. I mean, no wonder this dude died. He was using a flail like an idiot. <laughs> I know, really not a he very good like, weapon. This is so cool, it can't possibly be bad. Oh my guts, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Do you know, like, how that's accessible? Do you have to go through the tomb to get there? It sounds to me like it's supposed to not be. It's accessible by way of a mechanism underneath the body of the man interred in there. I wouldn't be surprised if in his later days, when he was sort of preparing himself for the end, he actually spent some time arranging things thus just so so he could like he would like lay down and be like okay here's the button click it's very morbid very yeah. morbid and i think oh oh no oh oh y'all are gonna hate this i'm gonna love it y'all are gonna hate this so if you were to open the sarcophagus you would see the body of the man interred strapped in with its finger hovering over a little stone button if you lay down and strap in and hit the button, 
it literally, what he's laying on, flips over and you are hanging upside down in the treasure room and then you have to unbuckle yourself to hang out in the treasure room. Wow. See, I thought you were gonna say like, yeah, you open it and then his like jaws the lever or something. <laughs> that's some Indiana Jones stuff, but I wanted something a little weirder. Yeah, no, yeah. that's fair. I want this guy to be a little freak. <laughs> now here's a question, right? So. If he planned the sarcophagus, that probably means he, like, commissioned the mosaic, right? Oh, yeah. Because that would just mean he was like, hey, I'm going to give you, like, a thousand whatever a currency is. Whenever I die, just make a sick mosaic. Also, if I don't die in a really cool way, just lie. <laughs> just make something up. They're not going to know in a thousand years. <laughs> huh, interesting. Thoughts for later, maybe, but I have... What beautiful artifact is enshrined in the alcove off the northern wall? The crawler. <laughs> <laughs> For those listening at home, an alcove is like a niche, but just it starts with an A. Mm -hmm, more or less. Actually, only an alcove if it comes from the alcove region of France. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Anyways, I am going to say that there are actually a couple of alcoves in this northern wall. The one in the center and the one to the east are both empty. However, the one on the western side of the room, of the northern wall, a bouquet of flowers that has been dried and is hanging upside down within that alcove. It's right next to the crawler. Yeah. right next to the crawler. There's gonna be a reason. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. The game will tell us why. Yeah. I think we know why. We know why. We are all subconsciously going in different directions with this, and I love it. That's the good stuff. Everyone in this chat right now is like, I want to be the flower reveal. <laughs> <laughs> I want to drop the bomb on everybody. <laughs> to get back into it the next section on here is to talk about working together uh, unless you're playing alone you'll need to cooperate to reveal the skeleton's past and future the game will ask you to make choices so decide in advance how those decisions will be made are we planning on doing things by consensus that seems to be our general mo from the recordings we've had so far or do we want to be taking turns a little bit more when there are collective decisions to be made I do like that our general consensus is we throw out an idea and we offer veto power. Mm -hmm. Until a game demands we don't do that, I think we should stick to that because that seems to be our default. Don't want to stray too far from what's working, you know? So there's going to be like tomb invaders and stuff. I think we should take turns with who is being what the tomb invaders do. That person is going to have kind of the spotlight for that scene, but... I think we all know the spotlight does not dwell on one person for very long. Right. Uh, at this table. <laughs> this, is, this is the benefit of having a team of five people who are all very good at stealing spotlights. It's just gets, gets passed around like a motherfucker. Also good at sharing it. Yes. yes. Also that, yes. So the next step is to take a moment. When you have the skeletons and a map, Turn out the lights and take a moment to breathe. Feel the silence. 
imagine the weight of countless years. When you are ready, turn on the lights and say, Arise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians. An intruder is breaking into the tomb. So that's what we will do as we progress through play. When an intruder violates the tomb, the skeletons spring into action. They are cursed to defend the tomb against all comers with as much ferocity as they can muster forever. It is the only time when they can move, think, and feel. All else is darkness. During an encounter, the skeletons can communicate with each other telepathically, discuss matters, make plans, and otherwise exhibit a limited form of agency. They must always act to remove threats to the tomb and are incapable of any action that contravenes this goal. They can be clever, remaining still to orchestrate an ambush, for example, but they cannot ignore or aid the intruders. When an intruder is present, the skeletons may also remember bits of their past. Their minds are their own for the duration of the encounter, provided they are busy removing threats. Once the threat is removed, they must immediately return to their watch posts and be still. Skeletons win encounters with intruders. Tomb robbers, wandering beasts, and other pests are driven away or killed until finally they are not. The rules change when you reach the third part of the game, the desecration, and it is there that the skeletons will likely be defeated. When it is time for your first encounter, choose one from the unsealed tomb and mark it off. Do whatever the instructions say. We are ready to choose our first set of invaders. Intruders. Choose an intruder, mark it, and follow the instructions. When two intruders have been checked off and dealt with, we move on to the time of dust. I am going to say that the first intruder into the tomb is a spirit of place disturbed by the newly built tomb. What I'm picturing is as the floor cracks, as the, uh, the armory of who's ever in the sarcophagus sinks further into the dirt here, it breaks into a cairn from what was probably like we'll say it was like the first major battle that took place here so even long long before put a time frame on it like 2000 year old battle the first major one and it has accidentally fractured a cairn and now there are ghosts that have come up and they've swarmed around the cracks in the mosaic the little army portion of where the banner becomes the fire and then the uh, the army. We get that shot of souls seeping up through what had been the army. So, how do you drive away an ancient and immortal presence? Everyone answer one question if they wish. Arise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians! The shield skeleton with axe in hand immediately animates and sends telepathic signals to what he believes is his ancient platoon. He shouts, For I am Captain Seamus, and we will drive them off! And my question was, what was your skeleton's name? Ah, okay. That's when everybody answered a question. I was trying to figure out, what the fuck questions are you talking about? Yeah, it's on your character sheet. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? I forgot about that part. Answer a question. Lex, what is two plus B? <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah, everyone has questions about their skeleton on their sheet. And we'll 
be answering. One of my questions is, why did I spend my life loping on all fours like an animal? And my answer is, because I'm an animal. <laughs> what kind of animal are you? Oh, a wolf, where um, some of my fangs are just bronze. Or, oh, sorry, brass for some... Yeah, bronze for some reason, and I'm, like, wielding a knife in my mouth. Ooh. <laughs> That's sick as hell. Knife dog. It said something about having a fur coat. It's it's my fur coat. It's a fur coat. Um, it's a... It, 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 one could say. Okay, so yeah. I'm not the only one with hair growing out of his bones. <laughs> no, no, I'm wearing my fur coat. <laughs> as a coat. You got skin and you're not wearing your own coat. Yes. yes. That's somehow worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I have an idea for mine, because one of my questions is, what area within this place are you forbidden to set foot in, except for flipping it around? As the skeleton with a tattered cloak stands up holding the sword, they are not allowed to step more than five feet away from the sarcophagus. Ooh. So, where are you not allowed to go? Anywhere, really? Anywhere further than five feet away. Yeah. Skeleton stands up and takes their place holding the sword in front of the sarcophagus, trying to figure out how do stab ghost? The outsider, it walks very, like, jittery. Like, there's a stiffness to it that the other skeletons don't quite have. Maybe the magic isn't quite as good, or maybe it's just the nature of the stone bones. And it simply tries to interpose itself between the spirits and the sarcophagus as it remembers... What by name did you earn in life that describes your greatest accomplishment? And is remembers being called the Stoic. Remembers holding places, being being a source of protection, and so tries to bodily stop these spirits. They are playing dirty. I dislike it. My skeleton has one hand on the sarcophagus and has their head bowed. Uh, but as these ghosts come up from the floor, from the tiles around them, they raise their head, then raise the silver sword, and point it at the ghosts as they coalesce and say, Peace, kindred. Your war is long done. If your place of rest has been disturbed, you have my permission, then, to rest here. So, what connection did you have to those you've just killed or driven away? It is... These are the ghosts of this skeleton's ancestors. This line, this family, has been here since the first battle. They were the first people who set up camp, and then they just stayed. And even though war kept coming back... This family has been here for a very, very long time. And then, what memory did they evoke? As the skeleton's head was raising, they had a memory of, of standing on top of one of the hills in the area and standing next to a parent who was pointing out the locations of a number of cairns. That is the location of a cairn that was was swallowed in the time of my grandfather and we no longer had to tend it. That 
particular pile of weapons and armor is from a battle however many years ago and this is how you maintain it and this is how you care for it instructions for maintaining the graves so Captain Seamus pipes up after Torque finishes and just shouts blast it all Torque will have no parley this day and takes a swipe at one of the spirits come on Stoic form a barricade tatters ah do what you do best stay right there watch the sarcophagus We'll get him yet. All right, ambusher, ambusher, let's go. Let them return to their rest. They didn't ask for this. And we didn't ask for them, or my name isn't Captain Seamus, which it is. If they wish to rest, they should stop flying. I agree, or they should fly into my axe. The crawler simply walks up to the sarcophagus with its knife and drops its knife at the sarcophagus's feet and sits and waits. I like this one. You call that an ambush? You see the tattered cloak reach down and just <laughs> absentmindedly start pat- patting the crawler's head. <laughs> Go on, Torquehead, ye silver. You know the spirits are weak to that. The skeleton with the silver torque, walks around the sarcophagus and um, presents the blade to what is coalesced into the leader of the ghosts and says, take your rest by choice or by blade, but you will take your rest. And I think this commander then considers this for a moment and then raises their spectral mace to take a swing. And the skeleton with the silver torque just takes one swift cut and the leader of the ghosts disappears into smoke and everything is scattered and we all return to our places time passes you get to choose once on either the glory fades or god's laugh table actually the glory fades one's very funny a memory that a skeleton had previously regained is false and the truth reasserts asserts itself. Hey, Seamus, what's your name? No, why are you doing this to me? Dude, <laughs> 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 it literally just turned this yeah. into a party game. So, <laughs> so, quote, Captain Seamus is not a captain, nor is he a Seamus. He is actually Lancer Sammy. During this battle, he was under... Captain Seamus, a man who he deeply admired, even tried to grow the big beard to match. And when Captain Seamus fell in battle, he took Seamus's helmet, armor, and axe and led his platoon into an absolute slaughter because he had no idea what he was doing. Might I also pitch he took Seamus's beard? Is that why you were cursed to this existence? Because it's like... Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I think he impersonated Captain Seamus and got everyone killed. Did you go back and still pretend to be Captain Seamus? Be like, okay, well, I know what I did wrong that time. And so you came back, you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm Captain Seamus. And you actually did do a little better next time? And you've just been like living that lie for so long? Or did you just... 
Yeah, and he had this weird thing about never taking his helmet off in public ever since that battle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, like, he had, it was, it had a face mask on it. So he was just identified, like, by the beard. You know, the distinct beard that he stole. Distinct beard that he stole, and then the curse caused it to fuse with his bones. <laughs> You'll forever have to live with the shame. And honestly, like, he did a little better as a captain, but never as good as Captain Seamus ever did. And in fact, they, they sort of sent Seamus into early, Seamus, quote unquote, into early retirement after that. His final duty was guard duty over the tomb. And he died there in a very embarrassing way by accidentally locking himself inside. <laughs> did you lock all of us inside? I might have gotten us all killed. I'm not sure. We'll find out. Incredible. Yeah. Play to find out what happens. <laughs> Lovely. Love that for us. Don't Love turn that, that, for that you. dial. Let's find out how far Sammy's incompetence goes. <laughs> it is deep and vast. Do we all psychically know, like, as the last of these ghosts fade away, does that memory sort of, like, bubble back up and get psychically communicated so we all know? I feel or... like it probably does. Like, this guy's a fraud. If you know and then you're about to be like, oh gosh, wait, and then immediately we have to all stop because the thread is gone. Yeah, we we all on the anime, this anime is having the moment of, you son of a... Yeah, so then as that realization dawns on Lancer Sammy, Captain Seamus... Sure. Time passes. After each intruder is driven away or killed, choose one of the options. There's a number of different timescales here. A sit in darkness as indicated. Think about the endless silence and unfathomable darkness. So, there are six options. We're just going to go ahead and roll for that. I got a one, so no time at all. Oh, so we immediately just get invaded again. Yes. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> so, after these ghosts have been dispelled, everybody has returned to their places, and then just, like, eyes swivel around to... Do we all know now that you're a fraud, Sammy? Uh, yes, everyone knows that Sammy is a fraud. All right. We all look around, and then... Bree, what happens next? Well, we've established we had something coming in through the cracks in the floor, so why not have something else come in? We have grave rats. Aw, grave rats. We hear this noise coming up from... Maybe, like, something in the doorway with the settling is shifted, so they actually come in through, like, under the door. So it's not coming in from the same space. (sighs) So... The amount of grave rats, are we talking like they've taken on like a semi-fluid sort of vibe to them? Like it's like a flood of grave rats or are they just some like big nasty fuckers? I'm picturing average-ish size and there's about a dozen of them because they're able to like squeeze under the door. So I thought, what if the rats, you know, their teeth are a little uh, bronzy? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like like your like your skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the teeth are weirdly shiny and they have very shiny little claws. Oh, and they've got little spear tip tails. That's what I was saying, like arrowheads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arrowheads. Yes. oh, that's cool. 
couple of them have what look like small conical helmets, like that the the shape of, the shape of their sh- their skull is similar to a conical helmet. And there are more than a couple of them that have military insignia bone spurs coming off of their sticking out of their like along their spines. Oof. One of them got the kind of the short end of the stick and just has like fletching on their tail. <laughs> oh, oh poor guy. He's the arrow rat. So one of them is bigger than the others, right? Like one of them yeah, is really definitely. big. Definitely. There's yes. gotta be a boss. He's the giant rat who makes all of the rules. <laughs> I think Rob's the only one that got that, and that's okay. The giant one has a helmet with a spear tip on it, like a like a Prussian trench soldier. <laughs> As he's coming in, the first thing we see is this little spear tip, and then the rest of the head pops out from underneath, and then large rat, weird little helmet. It's got, like, shiny teeth and, like, shiny claws, a spear tip tail, and dozen other rats squeeze in underneath and they're all a little smaller but equally different kinds of weird looking and they just like almost form a phalanx behind him so I do love that we made something innately really cool and potentially like really scary and then we immediately made it goofy (laughs) (laughs) game over baby we have two speeds (laughs) horrifying or goofs Sometimes we do both at the same time. Yeah. This is a horrifying goof. Anyways, how do we drive away such small, agile creatures and prevent their return? Yeah, everyone can answer one question. I think there's a brief moment when everyone's shut down and then Lancer Sammy wakes up. Arise, skeletons! The tomb is being invaded! Come to your captain! Sammy. You're not my captain. Tyler Club just leans back against the tail. Harken unto me! Split their bones! They're there for you if you would like to. Sammy. It's Captain Seamus! Who here among the skeletons did you once serve and why? So, I served Captain Seamus. <laughs> I thought I still was serving Captain Seamus. So... I imagine the Stoic walking up to Sammy and just, like, looking at the rats, seeing that they haven't damaged anything in the tomb, keeping, like, part of one eye socket towards them, and just staring at Sammy. Who are you? Why have you done this? Sammy's question... Oh no, I picked this before you did your prompt, Rob, and that's going to make it so much worse. Who here among the skeletons did you feel fierce loyalty towards and why? And Sammy feels fierce loyalty towards the Stoic. Here's the Shakespearean plot as it unfolded. Sammy is pretending to be Captain Seamus and doing a bad job of it. The colonel comes down for an inspection. Now here's the deal. The Stoic hasn't quite caught on yet. And so the colonel comes down and accuses Sammy of being an impersonator. And the stoic sticks up for Sammy saying, no, that's totally Captain Seamus. That's my boy. Have you seen the beard? Yeah. (laughs) And then the colonel's like, well, okay, I guess if your men think you're, I guess, all right, well, who knows you better than your men? And since then, Sammy has always given the stoic very special treatment and like would is just like totally ride or die for him and i'm pretty sure the stoic has no idea why 
<laughs> up until right now. And so Sammy looks at the stoic and he goes, I'm sorry. You are sorry? He takes the, the axe, pokes it down at like a rat and like brushes away. Shoot, shoot, get away, get away. Yeah, I'm not Captain Seamus. Um, do you remember Sammy, the Lancer? The idiot who could not tie his boots? <laughs> uh, Sammy looks down at the untied boots around his feet. Yeah, um, so that's me. The rats that are currently eating your boots. Hey, hey, hey! And then he, like, takes the axe and, like, just, like, brains one of them really quick. <laughs> Stop that! I may or may not have been impersonating Captain Seamus for the last, uh, like, eight years of my life. And by may or may not, I mean I definitely was impersonating Captain Seamus for the years, last eight years of my life. The stoic stands there and then just turns around and starts just punching, like, squishing the rats under its fists. Just gush, <laughs> gush, gush, in an attempt to stop being able to think. You miss the leader rat, and you get one of the one of the ones next to him, and they all scatter, but then that big one squeaks, and they all, like, wheel and rally, and they start coming in for a charge, and that's when the skeleton with the torque leaps off of your shoulder and there's this like broken silver sword in hand as they jump off of the stoic's shoulder and fly through the air and just barrel directly into this main rat and if the sword was sharp it would have been a very clean kill instead like they roll and scrap and finally manages to take out that leader rat which causes the rest of them to scatter again and a few of them start to flee what by name did you earn in life that describes your greatest accomplishment what are those those leaves that you see where it's like seed and then like a lot of a lot of leaf and they drop down from trees and they spin oh the specific name for those seeds those are maple seeds maple seeds okay their by name became the bladed maple because they did this more than a few times. Now, you killed the Rat King, so you get a second question, right? No, not not in this prompt. But also, I don't know, Bree, did you answer your question yet? Did you want to? Saturn is very busy glaring daggers at Sammy while leaning back. Patterned so pissed right now. <laughs> Also, the rats are a lot more interested in the things that are actively trying to attack them as opposed to the one that's just making sure they don't get too close to who are five foot perimeter. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Like one of them comes up to the to the tomb. You've got a, what sort of weapon are you carrying? I, I have a sword. I picture she just kind of like flicks it away. So other than that, we're just doing cleanup. What thing in this place do you hate and revile? Do you know why? Choose from among those already introduced, if you are able, know your answer on the map. So, once again, when the rats are there, the crawler brings the knife to the tomb, drops a knife there. The thing that the crawler hates is the knife. And the crawler thinks back to a memory of playing keep away with its owner, taking the knife away and never returning it before its owner goes off to a battle and the owner never comes back. And the quality of the knife is the reason it never got to see its owner one left. 
As you go rat chomping. The crawler only attacks the ones that get really close to the knife. Does it do the thing where it grabs and goes... Uh, no, it just like simple, just like, it just like stomps it. Just, <laughs> just crushes whatever comes too close to the knife. Yes, this is the way to do it. As I just am like punching the ground. <laughs> it's a big dog. Like, I think it's like a, it, it's a big wolf, I think. In the meantime, Sammy has completely forgotten the whole rat situation. And it's just like, I'm sorry. What am, I'm just, I'm sorry. It's, I, I panicked. I panicked. I'm sorry. No, no, you gotta forgive me. No, we don't. But punts a rat. You're stuck with me. You kind of do. Alrighty. So, Bree, go ahead and choose from choose one from the glory fades and God's laugh tables. So I rolled. I was doing the odds for glory, evens for gods, and then I rolled again. So I got five and five. Skeleton loses some bones permanently. What body part is missing? Who loses bones, Bree? Wouldn't be nice to not pick on Ben like I've been doing all week. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to say that the Stoic, while you are punching on the ground, taking out some of your anger, part of your pinky fractures off. I would say more, but your bones are partially made out of stone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Part of one of your pinkies just... I I like like the mental image of just a crack along my fist on the bones. Like, they're too strong to have been broken off, except for the pinky, but there's, like, a crack. So, did you want to roll for the time passes? Yeah, I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll again, because I want time to actually pass this time. (laughs) Yes, do not roll a one. You cannot roll. Reroll once. So that one is a decade. A decade passes. Okay. So in that case, turn off the lights and sit in silence for one minute. Arise and protect the tomb, skeletal guardians. Comes the voice of the torque because God knows we're not letting fucking Lancer Sammy call us into battle. (laughs) This shit doesn't deserve to be here. Sure, we'll forgive him eventually, but we have forever, so plenty of time for a grudge. I'll go with a pair of professional tomb robbers. Ooh. They are a pair of two horrid men. They look like they have bad opinions. (laughs) (laughs) The worst kind of person. (laughs) Gross. With that in mind, I'm not going to describe what that looks like, because that's for you, dear listener. (laughs) Whatever that description just evoked, yes, correct. Whoever you just thought of. So I think they work as a team. Not by choice. They have their own curse to bear. And I think they're looking through ancient tombs, hoping to find, you know, some significantly magic thing to fix the curse that they have, which is um just magic manacles where the chain like kind of like extends to, <gasps> so they're like stuck together oh, but, like yes! it'll extend to give them some it's the best possible sitcom trope yeah that one <laughs> yes yeah. the chains extend to whatever point is the most comical 
Like, sometimes it's long enough that they can get some personal space, but when they go to the bathroom, it's only long enough that they both have to be in the same stall. The chain is sentient in a sense of humor. <laughs> they will never know. The curse, the curse is smart enough, yeah. Yeah. Where did that yeah. come from? What do we care? That's they're they're here to die. <laughs> that's, that's their problem. <laughs> they're either here to die or to leave and never come back. But we prefer <laughs> dying though. What object immediately attracts their attention? So I have two thoughts: either just a big old classic treasure chest, or big old glowing key. <laughs> Ooh, a quick suggestion. Okay a lustrous ring. Oh, there could be a funny little ring. That is true. Well, could ring be on right side and I don't know. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. There's a bouquet on the left. What? A bouquet on the left, ring on the right, and the dead center is the key is suspended there, floating on its own. Nice. I gotta have it. And there's an eye on it. I mean, a floating key with an eye, even I can't. I gotta have, I gotta have the eye you key. You gotta have a floating eye key. I gotta have the eye key. Yeah, I, I think so. So that, that question is what they're interested in, and I think there's one more question on there. Can they fight? Ooh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they can bicker. <laughs> they can. Everyone answers one question. The killer or killers may answer two. Is the killer a skeleton? Or is it whoever kills the dudes? Whichever group of skeletons kill. So I at least have one, and then if I happen to be one of the killers, I'll answer another one. So one of my questions is, what thing are you personally cursed to defend in this place? Choose from among those already introduced if you're able. I'm gonna, I'm gonna twist that a little bit. And we flash back to whoever the stoic was in a previous life because we haven't remembered that yet i haven't remembered what my name was being saved their life being saved by a noble captain astride their steed and in that moment of their life being saved they pledged a life debt that in the time of that captain's greatest need they would be there and then they followed that captain and lost sight of them for but a moment in the middle of a battle, but was relieved beyond all relief when they found them unharmed. Maybe a little shorter than they remembered, but <laughs> they didn't think too hard about that and continued to follow them. It was totally a fluke thing, but what if it was after Sammy became the captain? What if Sammy saved the Stoic's life by being really bad on horseback and, like, accidentally kicked some bad dude off of the Stoic and was like, oh, shit, I can't control this thing. And the Stoic is like, my oh, captain. Oh, my God, okay, yes. So here, here's what it is. All right, re, re, retcon, retcon. So we see, we see the Stoic, a mercenary mercenary not from this place in the middle of the heat of battle and in a, in a like intense duel with three other soldiers against three other soldiers three on one and the battle starts to turn there's blood and sweat dripping from the stoics face and for the first time ever they are 
they know that they are about to die. And then a horse running wild and panic, the rider seemingly completely un- unable to control this beast, tramples these three men <laughs> in all over at once. And you see this helmeted, bearded figure looming over the stoic. And in that moment, the, the heat of the moment, knowing that their life has surely been saved by this figure, the stoic promises a life debt that they will do everything within their power to save this individual from certain demise. And then we cut to, are you telling me you did not bring the key? (laughs) I thought you had it! Why would I have nobody even mentioned the key to me? You're my trusted lieutenant, you always have the keys! Better to be glad I'm not allowed to step further of the sarcophagus, otherwise you would be dead. <laughs> and then we jump to us as skeletons? Yes. <laughs> what binding did you earn in life that describes your greatest accomplishment? She was always steadfast. She never faltered. She was perhaps a personal, the personal guard to this king who fell. I assume king. To this person who fell. Monarch. Figure. Individual. Wait, what was your by name though? Steadfast. Steadfast. I vaguely described them, but I did forget to mention the most important part. They do have names. We do hear them refer to each other as gulp and swallow. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Are they fucked up little dudes? Not little dudes. There's <laughs> horrid men. <laughs> Different genre. It's the next evolution to fucked up little guys. It's oh, horrid gotcha. men. I pressed <laughs> evolution. I was going to say, in like every second evolution, they're just objectively worse. It's like, no, go back. Yeah, like Raichu. It's just. <laughs> oh, boy. What do the tomb robbers do? Like, they. What are they attract? What are they going towards here? As skeletons, we hear them bickering on the other side of the door. They pick the lock and get, get, their, get in there. And you hear one of them go, Oi, look at that big shiny key over there. I'm sure that'll sell for a lot. All right, we got to get that. No, no, you don't sell keys, idiot. You use them to open shit and sell what you found. No, all right, listen, we tell them that there's something really cool in a chest somewhere, right? And then we give them the key. Now, this sounds like the selling a bridge thing. People don't buy bridges here. They have one. Don't be stupid. <laughs> I picture this bickering continues as they walk in until they get walking between the skeletons. We're all just like, they're too stupid to be let to live. Okay, so they walk between Stoic and Sammy and then just like, shield like pop out look gulp we both know that i'm the brain of the operation here (laughs) (laughs) and then uh sammy looks back at tattered sorry steadfast now and it's like i told you i told you i'm sorry bam with the shield bam with the shield like on the guy's back bam with the shield i'm really it's 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 just complicated can you forgive me and then we flash back to uh young Sammy, who is impersonating Captain Seamus, and um, Captain Seamus is receiving an award 
from this self-same important person whose tomb we're guarding. And Steadfast is one of the guards. And Sammy has a really hard time focusing on the ceremony because he is just enamored with Steadfast. Just like for some reason, like he is just like obsessed now. And so I want to say he's kind of sweet, but also really weird about it. And so keeps like propositioning and like is it, it just constantly rebuked. I don't know. Well, maybe it's up to you if he gets rebuked. But uh, the question that I had was, whom did you once love? And I think to his dying breath, Sammy was like just desperate to get any amount of time out of Steadfast up until he had the opportunity to guard the same tomb that Steadfast was assigned to. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say in life, she tolerated it to an extent, but was definitely like, Clearly not interested, but just thought like, oh, it's like just interested for career, like gave career advice. Anytime he tried to flirt, she almost walked out of the room. So he's pretending to be Captain Seamus, who is a ballsy dude, but he probably did not have the the gumption to attempt to flirt as if Captain Seamus would. So I would be very surprised if he even attempted to do any sort of flirting whatsoever. He might have just always been kind of a weird, awkward orbiter. Oh yeah, Captain Seamus, one of the greatest, greatest warriors in the world. Until he gets near that palace guard, then he turns into a little puddle of goop. I'll say there was probably a solid, like, three months where she was trying to figure out if he was secretly, like, an assassin or something, trying to get to church before she realized, he's like, oh. Oh, no, he's just got a crush on me. Oh, unfortunate. Oh, another <laughs> Sorry, one. was interesting. <laughs> the silver torque, as the conversation is happening between Sammy and the Steadfast, goes back and collects the key with the eye on it off the wall, lifts up the cuff of the guy that's being brained, and unlocks the cuff, reaches over to the other guy, unlocks that cuff, has both cuffs in one hand and the blunt uh, silver sword in the other, which they use to just, like, reach forward and gut the other grave robber, who just drops and dies. And I am going to actually answer two of the questions that I've got on the sheet here. Hold on, Lex. Lex is desperate to say something funny. I fully thought you were letting them go. (laughs) (laughs) No, they've desecrated the tomb. What thing you once owned can be seen among the bones of the would-be robbers that litter the floor? Note your answer on the map. It's the key. We get that scene of the three of them bickering and then and then passing away as the room goes dark and the door opens and this gravekeeper the bladed maple comes in and they squat down and sort of pat their thighs and in comes a big dog and the bladed maple uh, uh, scratches the dog's ears and says well it seems like we'll have some company as we uh, defend grandfather's tomb I suppose, make yourself at home, make yourself comfortable. And so then they go and stand next to the tomb and place one hand on it and bow their head 
and then it match cuts to the skeleton. Who among the skeletons is kin to you? What was your relationship? The bladed maple had been taking care of this dog until this point. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking it's that at some point the dog got old, died, and you turned it into a coat. And that was your coat. And eventually you returned the coat to the dog. Oh, that would actually be a good when we come into the place here. It's a little chill in here. You'll you'll get used to life underground. You'll get used to being underground and taking care of these things. Mm-hmm. Takes off the fur coat that they're wearing and throws it around the throws it around the dog to keep the dog warm. And then the dog just goes and curls up in the corner. It's so sweet. It's a baby. It's, a little, it's so small. I don't care how big the dog is. It's very small. Yeah. <laughs> small in spirit. So it sounds like one of them just got stabbed and killed. The other one got beaten to death with a shield. Okay, no, he, he is dead. Okay, cool. So we need e- either a glory fades or God's laugh from you, Lex. All right. Remember... Odds glory. Odds glory even for gods. Yeah. I I am not going to lie. When I'm not talking, I am writing the rules for that. Nice. I want to go with something the skeletons are protecting is destroyed. What is it? Ooh. Because I had the thought of for a second they were going to escape, that you were going to let them go. I think the reason they died is because they broke something. Oh, yeah. There was some yeah. mercy and they fucked up and then they had to die. I love that. What's what did they break? What if he broke the key? That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I was thinking the key. unlocked it and then in the scrabble to get away. Right. Cause they didn't hear us talking. They didn't hear the <laughs> they don't hear the telepathy between the skeletons being like normal fucking people. <laughs> I just know a skeleton grabbed their arm and did a thing and their friend is currently being just casually beaten to death. While Swallow is being beaten to death. I feel like Gulp probably like grabbed for the key. He's like, well, I'm getting something out of this. And then probably snapped it. Yeah, it's made of gold. That's not sturdy. Very soft. And it's been in there for a bit. Yeah. Broke it. And then the silver torque was like, nah, stab. <laughs> but hey, now we got some funny little manacles. <laughs> Some funny little cursed sentient manacles. Love that. Put it where the key was. Oh, that's fair. Question. Do gulp and swallow rise next time? No, they're dead. No, No. they're just corpses. I just wanted to clarify. I I picture we kind of like shove their corpses out the door and then close the door. Here's the thing. We would have to do that next time someone intrudes because we, the instant Gulp and Swallow die, we're done, right? If Steadfast wants me to throw their corpses outside the door, then by golly, I'll do it just for forgiveness. Now that they're both dead, she's just going to sit down in front of the sarcophagus where she always sits. The crawler did not do anything different this time. Just once again, Rose placed the knife, hoping the, the master would come to claim it. It goes back to corner. That fast gives gives some head pats. Of course, understandable. Uh, time passes now, I believe. Time passes. Am I rolling for this? One. 
a month. So far, it's been 10 years in a month, right? Yeah, pretty eventful decade here. You've been listening to Game Woven, a collaborative storytelling collective building a world one game at a time. Help build the Game Woven world by joining our Discord, which can be found by visiting us on Twitter at GameWoven or at patreon.com slash GameWoven. This episode featured T.T. Benjamin, who can be found on Twitter at ttbenjamin1, Brianna Jean, who can be found on Twitter at pseudonymsocial, Lex Olden, who can be found on Twitter at call underscore me underscore they, Rob B. Rowling, who can be found on Twitter at Rob B. Rowling, and Zadkiel Vasky Huff, who can be found on Twitter at Zadkiel in Green. Until next time, thank you for listening to Game Over.